You are listening to the Fantasy Nightcap, a fantasy collective production with your host, Shane. Grab a drink, kick back, and enjoy the show. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Fantasy Nightcap. Grab a drink, kick back, and relax. I'll be your bartender for the night, Shane, and with me tonight is co-founder of Front Yard Fantasy, host of the Fantasy Football Game Show, and host of the FanDuel Sunday Night Recap, Simon Gruneveld. Well, now it is time for Top Shelf and Flat Performances. And I'm really excited. This was a, this was a fun week for me because um, I admittedly have a lot of these guys. So first, it's Top Shelf QB. And again, as the guest, I'm going to let you lead off here. So who is your Top Shelf quarterback? Man, it feels like cheating even saying this, but Lamar Jackson is my Top Shelf quarterback after that record-setting performance on Monday night. 40-plus passes, above an 85% completion rating, over 400 yards. He is an absolute monster and the craziest thing is like almost all of it came in the second half i don't know if you realize this he had 7.28 fantasy points at halftime and four point for i guess the touchdown doesn't even matter 7.28 fantasy points at halftime um dude came out absolutely bald in the second half he's an unbelievable player maybe the most fun player to watch in the nfl and he came out and showed everyone why he should still be considered one of the best um I love the dude, even as a Browns fan. I don't know what else I need to say about Lamar Jackson. If you drafted him a full round after Lamar or um, Patrick Mahomes, uh, you got yourself a value. That it's, it's crazy to say that a quarterback was a value in one QB redraft yeah. leagues, but I really think Lamar Jackson was a value this year. Yep. All right, so mine is he's honestly battling Baker for my favorite player right now. Um, it's Justin Herbert. 26 of 43, 398 yards, four touchdowns through the air, four carries, 29 yards, and a rushing touchdown. In multiple leagues for me, he scored over 50 points. And it was glorious. Absolutely glorious. So, yeah, I uh, I love Herbert. Herbie fully loaded um, is, is what I'm calling him, and me and Josh Christensen from uh, the collective. So... <laughs> Yeah, there. I mean, he can yeah. make any throw on the field and almost make it just look effortless. And he's so much fun to watch for me. I was a hater during the draft process for Herbert. I was not a fan of the pick. And then I tell you, I got so much crap on stream because the week that he came in for the injured to Rod, I came out and not only said I was wrong on him, but I said, this is a generational kind of quarterback. And when you say that word, you immediately get everyone jumping down your yeah. throat, and rightfully so. It gets thrown around a lot. But you know what? I I look back, and I don't know that I would edit that statement. This dude is a yeah. baller. He is unbelievable. No, I was completely with um, you. So I watched the game his senior year when he played Auburn, and I'd, I'd, and I'd seen little clips here and there throughout his, his career – and to me, he just he didn't have it here from what I'd seen. And from that entire game against Auburn, one of the best defenses in the country that year, um, he just he didn't have it here. And then he came in injured for Tarod and lit it up and then continued to light it up. 
and is still lighting it up. And I was like, okay, I'm in. Like, I'm all in right now. <laughs> so I'm totally yeah. with you there. Yeah. Um, and if you think about it, he did that on the weirdest offseason for rookies yep. ever. He did not get the normal OTAs, training camp, the reps with the team. He came in and did all of that on an abbreviated offseason, COVID protocols. Um, there's a reason he's he's doing even better this year, and it's because he's gotten a real offseason in time with the team. I'm I'm so excited for the future of Justin Herbert. I'm glad I just I could talk about him the rest of the show. <laughs> Me too, but let's not. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. You're All right, right. So now let's move on to our flat QBs. Um, I want Sam Darnold because this is not where he's been all season. Uh, he had 177 yards, one touchdown through the air and three interceptions, two carries for 10 yards and no rushing touchdowns. He's been a low key or even a high key, if you will, Konami quarterback this year with five rushing touchdowns. And this week, I don't know what happened. He just broke. Um, so I don't expect him to be here long, to be honest, just because I think a Joe Brady helps him so, so much. And he's getting Christian McCaffrey back this week. So, or he should be getting McCaffrey back this week. So I foresee Darnold flipping the script and, and getting back to where not, I won't say he's, he'll get back to, I think he's a, been a top five quarterback this year in fantasy. I don't know if he'll maintain that but I think he will be much better than he was this week for the rest of the season. A top 15 yeah, option totally. rest of the year, I think, is is very reasonable. And, uh, yeah, I agree with you there. This team misses Christian yep. McCaffrey. Uh, they are absolutely missing him. I expect things to turn around rather quickly when he yep, comes back. 100%. All right, who is your flat quarterback? Mine, you know, I brought up for a similar reason. I don't think he's stuck here. I, I think he's got some brighter days ahead, and that is Derek Carr, who started the season lighting the league on fire, but put up a pretty disappointing this week uh, against the Bears. He had 206 yards and an interception, zero touchdowns. Um, and you know what? I'm going to do it again. Shout out to Joey Wright. He just put out some awesome data as well. But he pointed out that the rest of the season, the Raiders have the best schedule against opposing quarterbacks. Yeah, so as far as like uh, – Schedule goes for opposing quarterbacks. Derek Carr is number one rest of season based on the data we have so far. Um, and he's shown he can do it against the right matchups. And he's got the most of those out of any quarterback. He's got the receiving weapons. Darren Waller, Henry Ruggs, Brian Edwards. Um, I'm excited about Derek Carr rest of the season. But man, this week did he poop the bed. And last week, yeah. too. Uh, it's been two pretty bad weeks for Derek yes, Carr in a row. Yes, it has. He's down here falling flat two weeks. But I'm instilling confidence in him. That's why I put him on here. I want people to know you can pick him up and you can play him rest of awesome. the season. All right, top shelf running back time. And mine, when I saw yours on the show sheet, because uh, it, it was there first, I uh, I had to go with the stack with my quarterback, and that's Austin Eckler. 17 carries, 66 yards, two touchdowns on the ground, five catches on five targets for 53 yards, and a reception touchdown. So this dude balled out. And a lot of it came in the second half, if I remember correctly, so much so that, he had a he broke away for a long run and ran out of bounds or slid out of bounds, um, or slid right inbounds. Sorry, to keep the clock running so the Browns wouldn't have time to go back down and score. And uh, the Browns ended up dragging him in for another rushing touchdown. My girlfriend was so confused. She was like, "Wait, did they just carry him into the end zone?" I was like, "Yes, they did because they need those yes, thirty seconds. Exactly. Like <laughs> they they need yep. those." So he. 
people not drafting him this year or any year really just befuddles me. Um, he never really falls to me to where I would like to take him because I would like to take him at, at a value. Um, and I just, I don't get that often. So I love Eckler. He's, he's awesome. So who is it? Yeah. Eckler's one, one of my favorite running backs in the NFL. He was a top five guy for me going into the season, and I love seeing him ball out like this. And honestly, part of the reason he was a top five guy is Justin Herbert, the guy we yeah. were just talking about. Um, I, I couldn't wait to see them together on the field, fully healthy for a exactly. year. Uh, my guy, though, my guy though is uh, a rookie I was super excited about last year, and now he's no longer a rookie. Jonathan Taylor running back for the Indianapolis Great. Colts. Um, and this is the kind of performance that we've been wanting to see yes. from him. Not that he's been bad all season. He's had a couple good games, 15 points, 19 points around there. But this week he finally came out and gave you over 30 points in PPR leagues. He had 15 carries for 53 yards and a touchdown, four receptions – or. Four targets, three receptions for 116 yards and a touchdown. And he showed you some of that just like electric ultimate athlete playmaking ability that we were promised from Jonathan Taylor. And man, this dude needs a workload like Derrick yes. Henry. If there's any other running back in the NFL that needs to get that kind of treatment right now, it is Jonathan Taylor, especially on this offense. Um I brought him up primarily just to say, like, you know what? They found some success with him this week. Maybe this will show them this is the way their offense needs to run going forward through Jonathan Taylor. Um, but definitely a top-shelf performance from him and hopefully the first of many for the rest of the season. You, you would think. Um, I, I just don't – I've never understood the usage of Jonathan Taylor. Doesn't make sense so, to me. All right, let's hop into flat running backs. And I'm going to let you go first just because I love the fact that this guy's here for, like, I don't know, the fifth week in a row. God, yeah, I don't even know how much I need to say about this guy. Miles Sanders, yet again, disappointing. And honestly, this is less of a Miles Sanders call and more of a, what the hell are you doing with your running backs, Philadelphia Eagles? Like, like, come on. Miles Sanders is a very talented running back. He's great in the receiving game. And you're just going to keep on giving him, like, the scraps as far as your offensive workload goes. Miles Sanders needs to be more involved in this offense. Um, they did get him a bit more involved, but it's just not enough. I, I there are so many backs I would start over him right now, and it just it would hurts. you start Kenny Gainwell um, over him? No, no, <laughs> I'm not starting Gainwell over him right now. Uh, but they're in the same tier as far as like starting running backs that you can put into your lineup. I, I have I'm starting Gainwell in a couple leagues. Um, the difference is I drafted Gainwell as a flyer, and I'm su pleasantly surprised yeah. with what he's doing so far. I drafted Miles Sanders to be my RB1 in oh. some weeks, and it is uh, it's going very poorly. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I shouldn't have done that either. But Miles Sanders is a flat RB. But it is no – Miles, if you're watching or listening, this is no indictment on you. Talk to your coaches and tell them to give you the ball more, man. <laughs> Love that. All right, so mine is – Similar to our flat QBs, it's someone that I don't anticipate being here for very long just because of the way he's been playing so far this year, and that's Chase Edmonds. Six carries, 15 yards, three catches on four targets for 19 yards. Uh, I read on Sleeper he was also nursing a shoulder injury, so I don't foresee him being here very long. Um, he's just got to find the end zone, too. Like Connor has been vulturing the touchdowns um, and getting, getting the goal line work. Chase has been getting the the reception work. So I think that's why Chase still has a ton of value. He just hasn't been getting – he just didn't get it as much this this game. So um, I'm not worried about Edmonds. I think he'll bounce back. 
Uh, maybe not this week because they play Cleveland. And Cleveland's defense is, is nasty. So, all right. Top shelf receivers. Here okay. Go. I'm going to go first because this guy is on one of my favorite teams and honestly one of my favorite players to watch. It's Devontae Adams. 11 catches, 16 targets, 206 yards, and one touchdown. I think he's the best receiver in the league. I'm not afraid to say that. I don't think it's a bold take. He's got the volume. He's got the athleticism to score touchdowns. He's an extremely good route runner, and he's got one of the better QBs. That right there, like, just like that with his talent that he's got, which I know some of that was talent, but like the other aspects of his talent combined with all that make him the best receiver in the league to me. And it's not even a question. Yeah, I, uh, I, he's definitely in the conversation. I think there's a couple guys you could talk. I don't know who I would say is the best receiver in the league, but Devontae Adams would definitely yeah. be in that conversation with the likes of DeAndre Hopkins, Tyreek yeah. Hill, um, th- those definitely. kinds of players. But I completely agree with you there. I love Devontae Adams. As a as a guy who drafted a lot of zero RB this year, I have a lot of Devontae <laughs> Adams. You were on my really team. happy yesterday. <laughs> oh, I was so happy. I have like my most rostered players this season are Devontae Adams, um, Tyreek Hill, Mike Evans, Antonio Brown. This was a very good week wide receiver wise for a lot of my teams. It was a it was a fun yeah, time for me. All right. But I'm not talking about any of those guys. I'm talking about a guy I pretty much faded uh, in the offseason. Did not draft a lot of. I've got him in one league where uh, a co-manager really liked this guy, so we drafted him. And that is Marquise Brown for the Baltimore nice. Ravens. Um, I I really underestimated what this passing game was going to look like in Baltimore this year. I know they talked about uh, relying a little bit more on the pass, changing the offense up a little bit, not being just a straight run team. And you know what? They stuck to their word. Uh, they are passing the ball a lot more than they have in years past, and Marquise Brown has been a direct beneficiary of that. Uh, but last night, 10 targets, 9 receptions, 125 yards, and 2 touchdowns. Uh, it's got to be a top-shelf wide receiver performance paired up there with the quarterback I put. It was uh, it was an unreal game from Marquise Brown paired with Lamar Absolutely, and I saw a stat today. I think it was Troy King that tweeted it out, that in his last 10 or 11 games – he has one game under, I want to say, 10 fantasy points, and in that span has 12 touchdowns or something like that. It's ridiculous. Insane. Like, it's it's stupid. And I think the cool thing is, I don't know if cool is the right word, but we're going with it, that even when Rashad Bateman comes back, I think Brown still has a very distinct role and very easy path to fantasy points. Oh yeah, I um, I think the I, I'm sorry, I, I'm a Rashad Bateman fan, but the idea that a rookie who hasn't seen a single snap is going to come in and just completely detract from the fantasy value of someone who has been an absolute stud this year and has that kind of talent is uh, is a little bit silly to me. Like, I think they can both find success Absolutely. in this offense, um, and I think Marquise Brown is going to continue to be the dominant one on that team over Rashad. No, Bateman. I completely agree with you. I actually think, yeah. And I've seen this on Twitter too. I think Bateman coming back hurts Sammy Watkins and potentially Mark Andrews more than it hurts Brown. Yeah, I think he's got his role defined. He's got he's got his role clearly defined yeah. in that offense, and it's not what they're going to bring Rashad exactly. Bateman in. And do. I think Bateman actually helps Brown because it's going to open him up 
more because Bateman's going to be working in the middle of the field. So, yeah. All right, time for flat receivers. And this one was harder for me to find somebody. Um, so I'm going to go with Robbie Anderson. He's had a very disappointing year. And the, the interesting part about this game was two catches, seven targets, and only 30 yards. Um, he got the volume, and I, he hasn't been getting the volume this year. So I'm very shocked to see that he wasn't able to convert that into more yards and more fantasy points. Any additional thoughts on Robbie? No, um, no, you pretty much said it. That's, that's how I feel about Robbie Anderson as well. Shane completely agree. Um, so who's your flat receiver? My flat wide receiver is Adam touchdown Thielen, or I guess right now, Adam, no touchdown Thielen. Um, if he doesn't score a touchdown, you're not going to be happy. And he's going to be in this flat wide receiver category is what it looks like. So that that's where we are with Adam Thielen currently. Justin Jefferson is the consistent receiver to have in that oh. offense. Uh, Adam Thielen is still a guy you can probably start, but you need a touchdown yep. from him. Totally agree. And he didn't he didn't get one, so he was flat this totally, week. Totally, totally agree. All right, let's move on to top shelf tight ends. And you mentioned this guy earlier um, for me, so I'm going to go ahead and and knock it out of the park here. Dawson Knox is my tight end top shelf. 117 yards, three catches, four targets, and another touchdown. I believe that's six touchdowns in five games. Dude is balling out. And if you punted on tight end and drafted him late, you are reaping the benefits. Yeah, absolutely. And I was a I was a Dawson Knox detractor even through the first couple of weeks of success that this guy had. I was like, he's not going to keep it up. He's not going to keep it up. But you know what? The touchdowns he has had, I'm not sure he can keep up that pace, but he is a heavily involved piece of this offense. He's not just going to disappear. This isn't a flash in the pan through five no, weeks. This is a guy you can start every single week going it's, forward. It started to become consistent, and I love it because I loved Knox, loved the talent, loved the athleticism. He just hadn't produced on it. Um, and they talked about it last night in the – well, now two nights ago in the game. The drops are gone with him, and that was apparently a, a thing, and now he's doing really, really well. So, yeah. Love Dawson Knox here. Who is actually before we go to yours? We have a uh, question in the chat. Uh, bars in the tuck, left field question of the week. My league full PPR gives points for return yards. Should I pick up Jamal Agnew since he's getting targets now, plus the Jags D to double up if he gets a return touchdown? Uh, Jags are playing who this week? Um, I cannot remember off the top of my head. Oh, they're going to London. Yeah, they're going right? to London. Jaguars are playing against the Dolphins okay. in London. Yeah, That's I right. would absolutely Somehow we're sending an even worse game to London. I would absolutely do that. Um, he, uh, I just picked him up in my home dynasty league, um, and he got I want to six or Sorry, can you repeat that? Yeah, give us your thoughts on Jamal on the, the question. Yeah, if you're getting points for return yards, this is a guy you can definitely add and plug in if you need to. Um, he's not a high-priority target for me, but if you've got that slot that needs to be filled, uh, this is a guy that definitely has high upside in a return yards league. He's a high yeah. upside player. And he got eight targets last week, so I'm absolutely comfortable. Yeah. 
uh, grabbing him and the Jags D if he does double up um, because London games are, are typically kind of ugly. Um, so could be a defensive showdown, could be something like a special teams touchdown that tips the the cap towards the Jags for their first win or, or gives them momentum. So, yeah, I'm, I'm totally cool with that. I will say I don't expect eight targets no. again. I, that was that was an, an anomaly. I think I don't think this is one of those situations where all of a sudden he's heavily involved. Um, I, I think I expect Visca to be more involved going forward. That, that was a weird game, but he, he's worth a pickup in a league with return yards. Yep, totally agree. All right, so now we will hit back on. We were on top shelf tight ends, right? You didn't do yours yet. Cool. Yes, we hit were. It. My top shelf tight end, thank God, I'm so happy I can say this today, is Kyle Pitts of the Atlanta Falcons. He's been getting the targets. He's been involved in the offense. It was just a waiting game. It seemed like every single week we were just sitting there crossing our fingers like, is this the week? Is this the week? Is this the week? And people are going to point to Calvin Ridley being out as the reason it happened, but I will not accept that explanation. Um, I think it was just coming. He, it wasn't like he was suddenly more involved in the offense because Calvin Ridley was out. He was getting heavily yeah. targeted through the first 100%. four weeks leading up to this. It just came together this week. Um, I'm not saying this is going to happen every week, but you're going to continue getting weeks like this out of Kyle Pitts. And Sunday was just, it was so good to see. Like for all the people that bought into Kyle Pitts, loved him. Sunday, Sunday must've felt so yeah, good. Absolutely. Um, in one of in my favorite, one of my favorite leagues, it's the multiverse league. And I have one side of the multiverse, which is multiverse four, that is stacked, but I didn't have a tight end in that league. So I traded Nick Chubb from the multiverse three league to get Kyle Pitts in the multiverse four league. So now like it was almost like I was just taking the, the last infinity stone and just plugging it right in. Cause now I've got Mahomes, Kamara, Najee, Tyreek, Devante, Keenan Allen, Pitts. I started Hunter Henry this week. Who was my other flex? Nice. No, it wasn't Mike Tyler Boyd because I just traded him. Um, I've got Mooney on that team, and then I started, and then Aaron Rodgers is my super flex. It it's filthy. <laughs> I scored two hundred eighteen yeah, points this week. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's disgusting. So, um, all right, let's move on to flat tight ends and. Uh, you go first. Okay. Mine is, uh, I guess the expectations weren't super high, but I had the idea that he would be a startable guy the whole season, but I'm going to go with Jared cook. Uh, and the reason I'm putting him up there is because in a game that was a high scoring, absolute shootout, he got what, like two receptions in this game and a similar amount of targets to Donald Parham Jr. Uh, it, it looks like Parham is catching up to him as far as target share goes for tight ends in that offense. So you can't start Jared Cook going forward if that's what they're going to do, which is disappointing. Um, he's been a guy that has been startable for the last couple seasons, has been a, a late round guy that you could grab and be pretty consistent for your team, but that's not the case anymore. I am disappointed with what's going on with Jared Cook, but that's the reality of the situation. He's no longer a tight end starter for fantasy. Yeah, he's also been really good at catching touchdowns and if he doesn't he he's like Thielen. if he doesn't catch a touchdown you're kind of hurting if you start him well they got a they got a different big body touchdown guy on that team that they've yeah. been utilizing a lot this year think, um mike williams yeah. <laughs> but uh so it's just not not jared cook's yep. year so my flat tight end 
and this is the second time he's been on here. So it's the second time that I'm almost in tears and it's TJ Hawkinson. Um, two catches, three targets, 22 yards, five fantasy points in PPR. Um, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to make this public announcement. People are going to think I'm crazy, but I'm going to take the, well, actually I'm going to take the blame for listening to Justin Wright. <laughs> so in a group chat, I asked, yeah, I asked Justin, who do I start my super flex position, Jared Goff or Baker Mayfield? And he told me Goff. So I started Goff that week and I've started Goff since then. And since then Goff has sucked and Hawkinson has sucked. So this week I'm starting Baker and I'm hoping that the juju will be pulled out and Goff and Hawk will be back to the moon like they were. Yeah, I, uh, I agree with you there. I hate that he's in the stinkers, but I talked about it earlier. Whenever you brought up uh, Amon Ra, I've got faith in him yeah. going forward. So I'm not too worried I do too. about it. I think if they're smart and they want to eventually at least win one game, they'll get him involved in the offense. Absolutely. Or they'll say, or they'll look to Jared Goff and be like, "If you don't throw him the ball, we're shipping you back to LA, and you can sit on their bench." <laughs> and there's no job waiting for you because <laughs> <laughs> they paid us to take you. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, so that wraps up the top shelf and flat performances of the.